Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. All right, I'm just now. Give me one second, Joe. I'm just tweeting out basically our uh, our lineup today, okay? Because we got a we got a packed show. All right, got a packed show. It's one of those deals where something happens. I'm like, I gotta get somebody. Mm-hmm. Ronald Curry, you saw this report. Ronald Curry, yep, apparently being added to the Bills' offensive staff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Nick Underhill is going to join us. How about that at 10:30 a.m. to talk about him right away? Bam. Nick, can you join us to talk about what Ronald Curry brings to the Bills? He covers the Saints down there in New Orleans. And uh, Ronald Curry's been with the Saints. So we're going to do that today. And then, excuse me, at 11 o'clock, our buddy John Harris, sideline reporter for the Texans, is going to join us. John, though, he's very big into all the prospects and uh, senior bowl. He was there. We'll talk with him. We'll talk about the Texans, C.J. Stroud. That'll be a fun conversation. Always is with John Paul Hamilton at eleven thirty. So we're we got a packed show for everybody today, Joe. We're on top of it. Nice the uh, the news helping that along as well. I'm glad we get to get some football yes. in before I get to be uh, angry and depressed about the Sabers again when we talk to Paul at eleven thirty because that's inevitable. I know, I know. The Tuesday night curse. It's they've, just they've uh, lost nine of their last ten on Tuesday night games at home. I should say it's unbelievable. Which are the games that I usually go to? Which maybe maybe it's a me curse. Eric Wood asked me, said that on Twitter yesterday. Maybe it's a me problem. I gotta stop going. Huh. You did. You did go last night. I did go last night. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would say from my from my vantage point on my couch, I thought they they looked good. They played well. They could not score. That is, I think I I think I saw this earlier that it is the franchise record for most shots in a game where they only scored one goal. Like, it's never 48 shots wow. and one goal, and it wasn't even five-on-five. Five. It was power play, which, you know, we've been wanting the power play to produce anyway. Yeah, just not not a good feeling. Especially, like, hey, if they had been, like, in the race in a spot, you can have a night like that and go, okay, well, it's fine. They can make up for that. They've, you know, they played well at least. But when you're 10 points out, you you can't afford. You can't afford to have nights like that. No. We're going to get with uh, Paul at 1130 today. Have you looked at all about at Ronald Curry? Do you know about Ronald Curry? Like, do you know much about him? Like, I, that name yeah. is very. If you if you're of certain ages, mm-hmm. that name rings really high with you in the sports world. I did not know who he was at all before mm-hmm. 20 minutes ago, um, 30 minutes ago, okay. and then d- did some digging on like what he was in New Orleans, and then quickly okay. saw videos on Twitter of like him. Throwing alley oops to Julius Peppers with North Carolina yes. basketball. I'm like, okay, this guy is more than just like you know some assistant coach in the league. He was one of the greatest high school players of my generation. Mm-hmm. Um, athletes. He was, in fact, he was voted, and let me just get this here. 
I just read this a little while ago. Um, there was a award he won. Like he, he was basically like in Virginia, he was the greatest athlete in Virginia. And like, this is a, an area, obviously they had, um, Michael Vick came out of Virginia. I'm not saying like better than him necessarily, but what I mean, like he was in this group, right? Allen Iverson, but he could do it all. He played both football and basketball. And what happened was when he was coming out of high school, he was being recruited by Virginia, and he was going to go play for football and basketball at Virginia. Mm-hmm. And then he flipped, and he went to Carolina, and he became like super, like super villain in Virginia. They hated him so much in that state, his home state, because he went to Carolina. Yeah, where he was, I guess, the quarterback and college basketball. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was the quarterback and the point guard actually. Wow. For North Carolina, um, I'm trying to, and then let's see. Curry also excelled as defensive back and kick returner, in addition to quarterbacking. This dude, this dude is. I don't know. This is this is in high school. Yeah, it's crazy. Like capital A athlete. This dude, hundred percent. Yes, he was one of the best ever. In fact, uh, Bobby Bowden said he was the best high school quarterback he had ever seen at the time. All right, so this guy, like, if you're, like I said, I mean, he is how old is he? Okay, he's forty four, right? So I said, if you're like my generation, my age. Like, you remember this guy as the guy coming out like, oh, my God, they got this guy. He's going to be amazing. Two-sport athlete, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, at the time, you know, Deion Sanders around then. And um, there was what, Mark Witten, I think, did did both. And, like, that was kind of like the trajectory he was on. It didn't happen. He actually didn't have a very long NFL career. Uh, he was with the Oakland Raiders for, like, six years. Mm-hmm. Didn't really hit as an NFL prospect, as an NFL player. But, yeah. And then how about this? He was voted. This is really funny. In the Tank McNamara comic strip, he was voted Sports Jerk of the Year because he flipped to North Carolina, apparently, from Virginia. <laughs> that, I guess, okay, so it's it's really that, uh, it's that, oh, yeah. that bad down there for that. I, I guess I guess that makes some sense, that those ACC rivalries and even before that, if he left for to not play for Virginia or even Virginia Tech. I don't know. He I do remember him slightly by the way in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He had 2 years with the Raiders with 700 plus yards in 06 and 07. Um 50 plus catches, but again like yeah, right. Like his his story is much more I think college level than than the couple years he had with the Raiders. And this is what I was referring to. He was he was awarded the Dial Award for the National High School Scholar Athlete of the Year in 1997. Won the McDonald's Slam Dunk Contest and was MVP of the McDonald's All Star Game in basketball. Okay, that is. I'm glad you just told me that because now my next search is going to be. Let me find this guy, the new yes. Bills quarterback coach, winning a dunk contest. Which will probably- all right. So now, I mean, like, look, honestly, like this guy walks into the building at One Bills Drive. He goes to training camp. You know, a lot of those players, they play basketball. They hoop and we're like, oh, who's the best basketball player? Well, yeah. guess what? It's now Ronald Curry. Ronald Curry. Yeah, right. There's <laughs> It doesn't matter. There's no, uh, yeah, there's definitely no uh, <laughs> arguing it. I wonder if he, but one question he's got to get from somebody <laughs> is whether he can still dunk. I mean, he would have to, come on, right? 44, he's six foot two. You don't think he could be able to? He'd have to be able to, right? I bet it's close. I'm I'm watching a two minute uh, highlight of the '98 dunk contest he won. Mm-hmm. He like the second guy after him is Richard Jefferson, who had like what a 20 year NBA career that he beat out. Yeah, right. In this thing, yep. Uh, Corey Maggette, who played in the NBA, yeah, like he was winning. He was winning this dunk contest over like legit NBA players at six two. By the way, Richard Jefferson's like six eight. Uh, it's a phenomenal athlete, but obviously now we think about okay. 
this is all great. This guy had this amazing career. Lots of guys were good athletes. They did things in the past. Yep. Yep. What's he going to bring to the Bills? I am very intrigued by this hire because, and again, it's not official from the team that this is Aaron Wilson reporting it, but it had been reported already that Curry was going to leave the Saints staff, and now it's being reported he's joining the Bills staff. So we'll see where this goes. But the question I have is, what's the role? Because he was the quarterback's coach for the Saints. Now, for Aaron Wilson's report... Aaron Wilson wrote that he was the Saints' passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach. I don't see passing game coordinator listed on his right. Wikipedia page here. It could be true. I, I don't know. But my guess is, is that what he does in Buffalo, then? Does he come to Buffalo to be the passing game coordinator slash quarterbacks coach? Uh, could very well be. Remember yesterday, last couple of days, we were talking about the quarterbacks coach vacancy has yet to be filled. Mike Shula's on staff. Mark Lubick's on staff. Kyle Shermer's on staff. Yeah. Maybe it's Ronald Curry. Maybe they go outside. And, hey, for all the people who are mad they didn't go outside for D-line or linebackers, you're getting a guy from the outside coming in. And, by the way, it could be a lateral move if he's just going to be the quarterback's coach. I will say, so Curry's official page at the Saints website, he like, yes. if you go to the Saints coaching page, he is listed as passing game coordinator slash quarterbacks. Okay. And under his bio, it did say he had the role of passing game coordinator added in 2022. So it's been two years that he's done that. It's been five with quarterback coach, I believe, if I'm doing my math right here. Um, and before that was with wide receiver. So he would have worked with Drew Brees a little mm-hmm. bit at the end. And then more so Jameis Winston, um, I mean, Taysom Hill even a little bit, Derek Carr. I'm missing somebody in the middle there. Andy Dalton, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But he's done a little bit of everything in that area. I was going to ask you this, whether you know, like, how different, like, because the Bills, I know with Joe Brady, I don't think listed him as a passing game coordinator. They did with Ken Dorsey for the final year that he was quarterback's coach. Right. It was quarterback coach slash passing game coordinator. But I guess I'm not really familiar with what that added role means, or even if it is much more, if it's just more of like a title thing. Well, it could be different things for different teams, but basically you would be really concentrating most of your stuff on game planning for the passing game. Down in distance, like when we're third and eight, like what what look what looks good against the next opponent? What have we done well? That's your basic job uh, as a coordinator, passing game coordinator. When we go to the passing concepts, when we go to passing looks and we have to, you know, move the ball down the field or like I said, down yeah. in distance, like that's what the passing game coordinator would do and bring that to the table to the offensive meetings so you're basically giving someone something to do so that Joe Brady doesn't have it on his plate as much and of course Joe Brady would be involved but that's really where that would come from so he would fit in you know who else he worked with Joe Brady Joe Brady was on the Saints staff in 2017 and 18 okay did not know that so they have a working history together so now Joe so so Ronald Curry does indeed get hired by the Bills it's Joe Brady, and and you know what, Joe, that says to me is Joe Brady has some influence here on who he wants to bring in, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying yeah. the Bills are going, who do you want to hire necessarily? I don't know, maybe, but there was a guy last year, and I can't remember his name, and he's not even on the Bills' website as far as I saw. There was a guy last year the Bills brought in from the University of Buffalo after um, Dorsey had been fired, and he was like, uh, he just kind of hired as a lower-level assistant. He had, had had a relationship with Brady, and they brought him in, and now Ronald Curry being brought in, relationship with Brady. So, yeah, it feels like Joe Brady is kind of having some say in here and who he needs to build his offensive staff to get to where he wants to go. What does it all mean? I don't know. I do find it interesting, though, like I said, 
if you're going from a lateral move in New Orleans to mm-hmm. Buffalo, that's pretty interesting too. And then what's his role going to be? What's his influence going to be? Josh Allen, apparently, you know, from what I've read and pe- people that are out there tweeting about it, mm-hmm. like he has a very good relationship with his players. This is a play- guy that's very well respected, and he has been a coach in the in the NFL for ten years now. Right. While also being, you know, a little bit still on the younger side, right? I mean, he's he is yeah. ten years older than Joe Brady, but he's still only forty four years old. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, Brady is really that young. The Bills have the Bills have. I saw one of is it maybe are they the youngest or maybe they were one of the youngest um, quarter, coordinator Second. duos in the league. Second youngest. Second youngest. Um, I think Arizona is the youngest. Okay, so you know that was by the way. Hold on, that was yeah. I'm going to give you the person who who tweeted this because yeah, I'll get his name. Colin. Um, I forgot his last name, but it was really nice. He he did a good job on it. He he messed up the ages on one of the Bills guys, but it's okay. It's still he was right though. The Bills uh, are second uh, youngest coordinators uh, in the league when you're counting just uh, offense and defense. Yeah. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Arizona Cardinals. Um... So I guess good for Brady, if that is true, that he would have a little bit of say, um, at least some, enough to make a decision like that, to bring in a guy he's worked with. And I, I like it. I mean, I like bringing in an outside hire for that. I mean, I wouldn't have been upset. It's a quarterback coach job. It's not offensive coordinator. It's not head coach. Um, I wouldn't have gone too far if they had just promoted someone inside. That would have been fine, too. But... Bringing in this guy who I think, you know, again, I don't want to think too much about like two, three years down the road for jobs like this, but Mm -hmm. I mentioned this before, the quarterback coach can often be the stepping stone to your next offensive coordinator. And I mean, this guy's not, you know, what was Joe Brady when they brought him in as quarterback coach? That was, oh, this guy, Wonderkin, right? Like young guy, look what he did at LSU, Mm a little bit of experience at Carolina, look how young he is. I mean, it's not the same in that regard, but it Curry's got a, a resume here and uh, a background that makes me curious about his future as a coach, too. Colton Pankowitz was who originally tweeted about the uh, Bills coordinator ages. He's a sports editor uh, for Canisius and an intern at News 4. So good job on Colton a couple weeks ago uh, coming up with that stat. So that's good. The combined ages of the Bills coordinators are, I think he got Babbage's wrong by a couple years, so I think it's 74, uh, 74 for the Bills. Okay. The average age for the Arizona Cardinals, he wrote, writes, is 66. So you're right. The other part about that, Joe, and you're right about the ages and um, the positions and when you get – you know, someone coming in who's might be the next person in line. I, I think it would fit, and it seems like the Bills. Now, I don't know if this is like their straight up philosophy, but it feels like their philosophy is get young, eager coaches in the building who really want to do such a good job that they can get promoted. Right? Like this is not a shot at all at Mike Shula, for example. Mike Shula has been the head coach at Alabama, right? If he's yes, he wants to be a coach. He loves football, and but if he's the quarterbacks coach. Yeah, maybe in some world he wants to be a coordinator again in the NFL or a head coach somewhere. I get it. But he's an older guy who he's kind of run that course in his life already. Yeah. Whereas you bring in guys for these positions, maybe you target guys specifically who you say, 
these guys are going to do whatever is needed to make sure they are really successful because they're trying to climb the ladder. Yeah. I No, I, this is maybe an area that I want to start thinking about more with Sean McDermott and his just the overall job he does as the head coach that doesn't get talked about usually during the season as much. But like I, to compare him to I'm, – I'm hard on Mike Tomlin. One thing I don't like about mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin is he often brings in coaches – that don't get results that are just the guys you heard of, right? Like he brings in Arthur Smith now to be the offensive coordinator, and maybe that works because of, you know, a better uh, match in terms of skill set from what he had in Atlanta. Terrell Austin, the defensive coordinator, there have been other guys in the past where, like, Tomlin is a guy that brings in a lot of veteran coaches. Doesn't always have to go poorly. McDermott, meanwhile, I feel like. He's got. He's starting to build a little bit of a resume here of identifying up and coming coaches or guys that are unproven, and it doesn't always work. I mean, you might say it didn't work necessarily with Ken Dorsey as a first time play caller, but he identified Brian Dable, who was at the college level, who was not proven to be a great coordinator in the NFL level, and that worked out. And I think Joe Brady is another example of this, where again. Younger guy, try to identify, you know, an up and comer. Let's bring him in yeah. lower level on the staff. See if he can get more out of him eventually in a bigger role. Maybe that's what Ronald Curry is here a little bit. I think it certainly has got to be what Bobby Babich is um, developing him as a coach along the way too. Mm-hmm. So we often talk player development and like developing guys on that level. I you know it does matter and is important. I think for coaching staffs as well and. Again, Dorsey, if you want to call that a failure, there are others too, but like I I've been pretty okay and happy I think with the job McDermott's done in his 7 years on that front. I'm looking through Nick Underhill's Twitter. Nick by the way is going to join us here in about 15 minutes. Uh Nick does a great job. NOF Network. He uh he's covered the Saints for a long time down there. He does a really good job in New Orleans, but I didn't realize I'm scrolling through his Twitter. Doug Marone, apparently, he left their staff, too. Doug Marone was on the Saints staff for a while, but apparently Doug Marone has left the Saints staff. I didn't know this. He was What was he doing it? there? Was he the... Yeah, he was on it. He, really? Yeah, recently, right? Let's see. Uh, yeah, here we go. Wait. New Orleans Saints, 22-23 offensive line coach. He was their O-line coach. He went from Alabama to New Orleans in 21 as their O-line coach to New Orleans for the last two years. I did Straight up O-line coach. I did not know he was back in the league for two, for two years, let alone... Because he was, I know he was with New Orleans as an offensive coordinator once upon a time, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in '06 through '08. Um, that's funny. I did not know Doug Marone was back in the league. Well, I guess he's not now. He's as of as of this week, he's not. Apparently, that's he right. He was he was dismissed on uh, February third. It says, yeah, yes. So yeah, so no. This may may sound like to me then. This is one of those deals where like. Maybe because we're thinking about Curry making a lateral move here to Buffalo, it feels like, because if he's quarterback's coach, passing game coordinator, he can't be the offensive coordinator. That's already Joe Brady's job. But if that's the case, and then you have Doug Marone leaving, this might feel to me like maybe, hey, Dennis Allen, you want to keep your job? That's fine. you got to make changes on staff. You know what I mean? Like, Hmm. why are these guys departing where Dennis Allen is keeping his job in New Orleans? They didn't have the greatest year. They didn't make the playoffs. This feels to me, Joe, like... Down there, and we're going to ask Nick Underhill about it. Maybe it's, hey, Ronald, we love you, but we got to make some changes on staff because that's how I'm keeping my job. So Ronald Curry then, you know, 
has an opportunity to come to Buffalo and work in the same capacity. I don't know, but that's what it feels like to me here. Wait, so they're bringing in? Did they bring in a new offensive coordinator? Or they're they're going in with the the same guy again. Um, Clint Clint Kubiak, mm. right? Didn't they just promote him? Oh, that's what it is. You're right. That's they, they got Kubiak, here. and and that's the other thing is Kubiak then is going to be bringing in his, and that's that's, that's right, Joe. That's what I thought was. That's more what it probably is. You're right about that, and I forgot Kubiak because. They're going to probably just he's going to bring in the guys he wants to run the system he wants to run. Right. right. Kubiak comes and that's that that's okay. Shanahan Kubiak tree, right? Yes. Yes. He's right. It's the son of uh it's it's Gary. The, the son of Gary Kubiak. Um yeah. Yes. It looks like yeah, Pete Carmichael had been the Saints offensive yes. coordinator for fourteen years actually. Wow, that's crazy. And, and well through like all of Sean Payton and then after that. Um, so they're going younger at that position and they're going for new, which I think is a big reason why you're going to see, I mean, Kubiak, Clint Kubiak comes from, um, San Francisco. Like he, at least last year, he, last year, I know before that it was his dad and it was Minnesota, but last year under the Shanahan system, he was their passing game coordinator and at, you know. 36 years old. Again, the league is just getting so young with these with these coaches. It is. I, it's going to be new blood, I think, on that coaching staff. So one of the things we're going to ask Nick Underhill about, you know, what big thing we're going to want to know is like what um, you know, what did the Saints do on offense? Like what was their philosophy because obviously we've seen Joe Brady here, and we know that. But Joe, we have a lot of questions about what Joe Brady's going to want to do. He was essentially running a lot of, you know, Ken Dorsey stuff, which might have been Brian Dable stuff, and maybe that's going to stay, and it's his stuff too, and he incorporates it. But we don't really know what Joe Brady's offense is going to look like, do we? And maybe by getting Ronald Curry, we can kind of gather that Curry kind of has experience doing whatever Joe Brady wants to do, so what did that look like in New Orleans, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's super interesting because New Orleans has been a team where, I mean, look at Alvin Kamara, what they did with him over the last, since, you know, with Ronald Curry on staff there and that offense. Um, this is a Sean Payton influence, right? Ronald Curry comes here to Buffalo with that. I, I'm really interested to see that. Chris Olave and how he fit in right away in that Saints offense. I'm kind of excited about this and what this might mean. Yeah. I am still one that believes he will have a different looking offense than what we saw second half of the season. We we heard from Eric Wood yesterday, more so on the terminology, but I think you could you could attribute this to other things. Ninety five percent of the terminology is the same when you fire a coordinator mid season to the new guy, and he'll maybe call plays differently, and you'll see some changes, especially because they had a bye week. But Brady's not implementing his system, and and you know the way the personnel was designed. Might not have been the type of offense Brady would want to run at his core, you know. I, but we'll see what that looks like. I I want to take from his history before that, and think that it will look different. That what he was at LSU, what he tried to do in Carolina, despite the fact he didn't have a very good quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. That this guy likes to try to get as many good receivers on the field as he can. And he'll implement the run game a little bit, but it's going to be secondary to having an explosive pass offense. Um, right. And they maybe just didn't have – I mean, even he could have said that when he walked in and said, okay, I'm offensive coordinator now, so the thing I would want to do, we can't really do, so we're going to do this instead. Just because that's the nature of the offense that we have. I think 
This is kind of maybe a small example, a small piece of the puzzle to look at like the types of coaches that are going to be in underneath him. And then the big pieces of the puzzle um, for what Brady is going to want, I think, is going to be what type of offseason they have on offense for players. And, of course, you're still going to have quite a few fans who believe that, well, he might want to do that, but Sean McDermott won't let him. It's just not true, man. It's just not true. Yeah, like They're not going to be some ground-and-pound team because Sean McDermott came from the defensive side of the ball and Joe Brady's going to be the puppet for that. It's just there's no evidence to support that whatsoever. The Bills have been one of the more pass-happy, neutral situation teams over the past several years. It's just not true at all if you think that. They were only behind Kansas City over a four-year stretch. And uh, so, like, they did go down. I mean, it's it's statistically proven or true that when Brady took over, they did run the ball more. But, you know, let's not over-exaggerate it too much. If you look at what they were from Week 12 and on last year and what their neutral pass rate was, again, it's a downgrade because we are used to them being first, second, or third. It's them, the Bengals, and the Chiefs all the time. So, 12th. That's what they were. Neutral pass rate from week 12 on. Week 11 on, excuse me. It's when Brady took over. They were 12th. So it's not like they were the run heaviest team in the league. They weren't. That was Pittsburgh last year. That was Carolina last year. Um, I think that's the floor, right? Like that. that but that's is also the, the circumstance, right? To me, it was they knew they could not really throw the balls effectively. They couldn't get open. And they were running the ball well in these games. Like they I was going to say. Gazillion yards against the Cowboys. I also wonder, because it's a smaller set of games, how much that one Dallas game inflates, yeah, or d- I should almost say deflates, their pass rate. Um, because even Joe Brady said it that week after the Cowboy game. They might have planned on running the ball more in that game, but he even said, we didn't, we didn't really plan on running it that much. You know, it was right. it was... Not it, they weren't stopping it, so I just started calling it every play, and you know, had their their I think more traditional game plan for what they probably were expecting in that Cowboy game gone the way it did. Yeah, I'm guessing, but it probably would their pass rate would maybe be in the top ten then from Joe Brady's time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that if Joe Brady, his philosophy is, I mean, look, Sean McDermott was asked. I asked him a few weeks ago this straight up question. Said there's a thought amongst fans because you are a defensive coach, defensive minded, that your that's your philosophy and you want to rein it in and dial it back. And he said, I believe in pass first throw to win. And you can take him at his word if not. I'm just telling you what the data shows, which that is what the Bills have been. Maybe not in this the yeah. last, you know, several games of the year. I understand that. I think they also were running the ball better and could not throw the ball that effectively. Here, here's as efficiently, as effectively as they had been. Kind of on the same subject. I just want to throw this in because I just discovered something by looking at this, just the Brady timeline, week 11 and on in the NFL season and how often teams were throwing the football. We'll often talk about how the Bills went down. And by the way, I was wrong. It wasn't 12th. They were 14th. 14th in pass rate when Brady took over. And I'm scrolling down the list a little bit, scrolling down the list a little bit because I've never scrolled past the Bills. There's Miami sitting there at 26th. 26th. Where? Wow. where I'm going I'm to start. I need to start mentioning that. That, hey, wait a minute. That team who was leading the league in passing, that's what run heavy really looks like. 14th is a downgrade. 26th wow. is you've changed your identity. 
And Miami's the team in the division that did that, not the Bills. That's interesting. Interesting stuff there. We're going to get with Nick Underhill after this because an interesting hire for the Bills reportedly Ronald Curry. Yes, that Ronald Curry, if you remember him from basketball and football back at North Carolina in the early 2000s, late 1990s, early 2000s. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back here. It's the Extra Point Show. 11 o'clock, John Harris from Houston, Texan sideline reporter. He uh, he was at the Senior Bowl. He's all over all the prospects. We'll get with him, Paul Hamilton, at 1130. A loaded Extra Point Show for you today on a Wednesday.